Welcome back to Louie Body and Mindful Caregiving. I'm Crystal Joukowsky, and thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I always start with self-care. What did you do? How did you feed your soul, fuel your heart, and help yourself through this week? How did you give yourself a little bit of a boost? Me, I went to a non-denominational church. I am a um, an ordained minister, among other things. <laughs> it's just, I love to learn. What can I say? Um, and I was really feeling down and overwhelmed and stressed. And I was going to be talking at this church in a couple of weeks. And I decided that I would go ahead and attend the church and sit in that space so that I could make sure that my message was beautiful for them and and met their energy. The thing is that I got such a gift out of being there in that moment, connecting with my higher power and all of these other people who are also connected to that higher power, which means we are connected to each other. And I don't mean to be preachy. It's just how I had self-care. And it really was a gift. I was so grateful and it lifted me up for several days because I kept reminding myself that everything is brought to me so that I can learn and grow. And when I started to get down again, I would pull myself back up, remembering that I am not alone and that I am connected to a higher power who loves me and sees my path and wants to help me through it. So I went to church and I'm excited because I think I'm going to start going to a bunch of different churches and explore all over and see what church is mine. What church do I feel most at home in? Where do I feel most secure and connected with my higher power? Because I do spiritual study at home and I work with my clients and I listen to podcasts and sermons, but I just, I want that community. So here we go. I'm going to find that community and I'm excited for that. So my self-care is feeding my spiritual self right now. And it was fantastic. I hope you did something equally uplifting and supportive. And if not, I really hope that you double down this week and make sure that you are fueling yourself as much as you're fueling that other person or all of the other things that are needing your love and support. <laughs> this topic is a little bit rough. Lily body, terminal diagnoses, um, things with loved ones that require us to step up, have the opportunity to be a mirror. And sometimes that mirror is not so pretty. Sometimes that mirror is really upsetting and frustrating and infuriating. And I'll tell you, that I did have to go to my talk doc over this. That is another piece of self-care that I did this week as I went to my talk doc to work through some stuff. 
thank you. Thank you, Dr. Annie, for being amazing <laughs> because this was a big week. Um, I told you last week that I had gone on a trip with my kids and my grandkids and my husband and and it was beautiful. And I told you about the conversation that we had about my mom and how she's doing and me and how I'm doing and then my end of life. But I wanted to save this tidbit for this week because it's it's bigger and it deserves its own attention, its own focus, its own intention in sifting through it. When my son said, I want to keep you alive at all costs forever. I don't want a life without my mom. And I want to be holding that spoon. It was more than just the statement and his love that shocked me. In this experience with my mom, there have been multiple times that my mom has made the statement, things have turned and I'm the child and you're the parent now. Let me say that again. Things have turned. I'm the child and you're the parent. This is very true. It is very, very true. I am managing my mom's life. I am making sure that she stays alive longer. I am making sure that her medications are where they need to be for her mental clarity, her memory, her Parkinsonian shakes and whatnot. When I see something off, then I'm the one who goes to the doctor and says, you know what? I don't like this. Let's check. And we find out that she has diabetes, which has been caused by the medication. Most recently, we found out that she has a lot of dental issues. While my mom's religious about brushing and flossing, and yet she has new cavities and periodontal disease, and all of this is caused by the medications and dry mouth, because dry mouth means you don't have the saliva to manage the bacteria. My mom doesn't feel like she has dry mouth. And she's like, well, I lost another crown. Okay, there's a problem. You know, there's swelling. There's a problem. I, she's more confused. There's a problem. And I'm the one that notices that. She doesn't notice that. She doesn't recognize it. I literally am the parent. When we travel, she is so very anxious. And she has a really hard time managing her emotions and reining them in. And you know what? I'm the one that does that. I'm the one who is, hey soothing, calming, just like a parent would with a little baby who's crying. It's okay. I got this. Don't worry about it. Let mama take care of you. She's right. We have shifted and I am the parent in this experience. When my son made that comment, the other thing that went through my brain in that moment was shame. It was shame because I don't want to be the one that holds the spoon for my mom. But I am the parent. I don't love her as much as my son loves me. 
Oh, shit. And then it moved to, I am a better parent to my mom than I feel like my mom was to me. I am more engaged. I am more present. I am more aware. I am more patient with my mom when she's struggling instead of yelling and snapping and being frustrated and kind and understanding. Wait a minute. I'm a better mom to my mom than I was my own kids. And that one's That one hurts. <laughs> that one really hurts. Do you remember that I yelled at my kids? That I wasn't patient with them? That I wasn't as kind? That I yelled at them when I was tired and angry? I did everything I could to be present. I made sure that I was home when they were home. Like, I had a job, but I made sure that they could come to my job after school and hang out with me, or I was off and we would go home and I would help them with homework and whatnot. I was, I was there for the transitional moments, and I'm proud of myself for that, but... When I recognized that that I'm a better mom to my mom than I was my own kids, I was angry. I was angry at myself. I was angry at her. I was angry at the universe for putting me in this situation. That really sucks. And I really had to sit with it. And that meant I got to have another conversation with my son about what kind of parent I was, what kind of parent he is, what I wish that I had told him or how I wish that I had treated him. I'm thankful that we have a really good relationship in spite of that, that I could honor and take responsibility for how I was and who I was. And then I step back and I look at the here and now and I say, okay, but well, what has changed? What has changed? now compared to when i had little kids i've been a few, i've been through a few more challenges i had to fight through a few more battles 
I went to school to become a minister. I did a ton of studying and became a life coach. I started owning my own shortcomings, my own emotions, my own downfalls. Which means that I have more life experience and I am better able to be patient, which means that I need to give myself a little compassion. <laughs> and say it's okay. Because there's time. There's time to heal those wounds and there's time to fix that. And maybe I can take a little bit of pride in the fact that I am able to be kinder to my mom. Because I don't feel like my mom and I have a great relationship. I don't feel like I had a really good childhood with her. Some of my other siblings do. And that's great. And I am so happy for them and slightly jealous if I'm honest. She's in a state where I'm not going to be able to go back and work through it with her and say, you know, mom, this really sucked when I was a kid and um, I wish things had been different or, or, you know, mom, I just want to let you know that I forgive you for whatever. Cause that stuff would just upset her more. And there's no reason to drum that up for her, but that doesn't mean that I personally need to find that peace and be okay with it. Because if I don't find that peace, if I don't work through it, then I am not going to be that good parent, um, that patient parent for my mom. So I'm working through it. And I force myself to be patient, even when I don't want to be patient, I force myself to watch my own emotions on her behalf. I've learned, I've grown. So now with the knowledge that I have in the situation that I keep choosing into, you go back, we are choosing into being their caregivers. I am choosing into this. So what's the best way that I can be kind and compassionate to her, even though our past is checkered? And the way that I do that personally is acknowledging that her past was checkered too, that the example that she had as to how to be a mom is what she emulated. And she didn't feel like she had a great mom and she didn't feel like she had a great relationship with her mom. And she now is very vocal about how frustrated she is and disappointed she is and, and how she often felt rejected. And so when my mom talks about those things and I sit there and I go, huh, I know exactly what you're saying. I don't verbalize that because that would just upset her. I don't want her. I don't want to upset her. And I don't want to tell her, yeah, I know what you mean about feeling rejected and ignored. Because she doesn't need to deal with that right now. However, I can find some forgiveness and compassion knowing that that's what she went through. And that's all she knew. So I can be kinder. I can be less 
irritable and more patient because I see that she was broken too. And I emulated her with my kids. So I was broken. So how about I give myself a little compassion and forgiveness? And I have those conversations with my boys so that they know that I love them and acknowledge my own shortcomings. And if they need to say anything, then I want to hear it so that we can work through it and they can heal, feel better and move forward. The mirror of my mom. It's It's a double-edged sword because on the one side, it's really upsetting and frustrating. And on the other side, it is absolutely 100% an opportunity for moving forward. My mom, yes, it's the Medicaid or the, the parenthood aspect of things, but what other things can you think of that are like a mirror? I've talked about the parent part, like I'm a better parent to her than I was to my own kids. Um, what about the end of life aspect? We get to look forward to our own and try to plan it out because that's a mirror. Guess what? She's going to pass and so am I. What do I want to do? How do I want to approach that? What other things is it a mirror of? Well, my health in general. If she is confused, even more than normal, maybe she has a UTI. I am learning that the body's systems are so intertwined and crazy that swelling in the feet can mean that you've got fluid in the lungs and that makes it hard to breathe. Huh, well, where does the swelling come from? The body has these amazing alert systems that say, hey, something's going on here. You might want to check it out. Something hidden, something behind the scenes. So I want to keep my body as healthy as I can. I want to be active and moving. I want to eat healthy and reduce my sugar <laughs> intake. I want to enjoy people and connection and community. My mom is very much she's a hermit. She stays in her house. And that's not only just because she has, she can't drive. She was that way before, like years before we were diagnosed with, she was diagnosed with dementia. So there are these beautiful mirrors, these opportunities, these insights that we can have because we are working with a loved one with a terminal disease. You have the opportunity to learn and grow. You have the opportunity to look forward and say, okay, how do I want to change this? Or how do I want to do this for myself? Or what healing do I need to do? What conversations do I need to have so that I can make things better? As ugly as it is and upsetting as it is and frustrating and draining and exhausting, what is the gift? What is the positive side of that mirror? Because they have a terminal diagnosis and they don't have, a, they've got time. We don't know how much time, but they've, they've got this 
finite amount of time, right? Do you want to get something in their handwriting? Is there a saying that they always used to say? This too shall pass. You'll be okay. Whatever it is. Is there a saying that they always said? Because some people take that and then they get it tattooed somewhere on their arm or their body to remind them of their loved one. Oh yeah, mom's with me or dad's with me. I've got his handwriting right there reminding me. We pass down recipes from generation to generation. Do you have that recipe in your family that grandma did and everybody has tried to make it the way that it says it's on the recipe and it never turns out? That could be the recipe that grandma used to do. Like my mom has a fruit bread recipe and she has an applesauce dairy recipe. And instead of using applesauce, she might use peaches, right? So every time you make it and you make it with applesauce, it's not the same as grandma's That's because grandma used peaches. Um, so with a terminal diagnosis, you could take that recipe on a lucid day and be like, hey, do you remember making this? Yeah, did you do something different? What did you love to do to alter this recipe just a little bit? Like, what was your favorite alteration? And you might get those tidbits, you know? Like when my mom doubles a recipe, she never doubles the salt. Okay, well, that's a tidbit that you wouldn't know if I hadn't asked her, right? This mirror, this challenge that you are living through is both ugly, weighty, and frustrating and a gift I have an opportunity to heal. I have an opportunity to talk with my kids and make things better. And I have an opportunity to love myself a little bit more, recognizing that I've done the best that I could with the knowledge that I had at that time. And giving myself that compassion means that I can actually give that exact same compassion to my mom saying she did the best that she could with the resources that she had at that time. And for that, I can be grateful. And for this opportunity to know that, I can be grateful. So I got a little passionate there. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here with me and that we're doing this journey together. And remember, you're not alone. None of us are alone. There are people, there are loved ones, they're spiritual beings with you, supporting you, watching over you, and watching over your loved one. <laughs> Please do your self-care. Put yourself a little bit higher on that list because everything you give into yourself refuels you enough to be able to give back out to them you deserve the same amount of compassion that you are giving to your loved one. You deserve the same amount of patience and understanding as you are giving to them. You're doing great. Keep it up. Take a break. And I hope you come back here next week for the next installment of Louie Body and Mindful Caregiving. Until then, take care. Thank you.